I deleted Instagram from my phone yesterday for two years and damn near had an anxiety attack. Yesterday on my app, on my phone, I deleted the app because I was like, I am not productive. I need to get some work done. Let me delete this thing. And I just felt like I was missing out, like my thumb needs to be scrolling. Welcome to Define You Radio, the place to be for real talk and real tips to help you define your personal and professional life. Class is in session with your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session. Hey, kings and queens, it's your girl, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Now, before we get into today's session, make sure you go over to ValenciaGWallace.com and secure your spot for the move retreat happening in Jacksonville, Florida, September 27th through the 29th. Class is in session today with Michelle Gomez. She is a connection enthusiast and founder of Line 25 Consulting. Michelle speaks on connecting with people through content and conversations. A two-time author of Success Undefined, and Network, Navigate, and Nurture. She hosts the Networking with Michelle show, the go-to podcast for African-American millennials discussing life strategies with a bit of entrepreneurial advice. Let's go ahead and welcome Queen Michelle to the show. Thank you, sister. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Really quick, millennials, what age group is that? 21 to 36. 38, because I'm on the older spectrum of millennials. (laughs) Okay, so that means my son is a millennial. I remember um, trying to figure out, I was like, what generation am I? (laughs) And I, you know, because I'm in my 40s. And um, so I think I had finally figured out, I was like generation X or one one of those. And um, I say it's a generation of we're trying to figure it out. We weren't really, we were just like, just a lot of us really at at this age, women that's around my age to Mm -hmm. their, you know, mid forties, that generation X, we're we're trying to figure it out because as we grew up, nobody was starting businesses. Mm -hmm. Nobody, I mean, we thought it was cool to have a freaking beeper Um, you know, it wasn't social media. It wasn't this, it wasn't all the stuff that's the norm for, you know, you guys, this age group. I'm I'm 36. So I was born in 1982 and I always say after 1982, I don't know what happened, you know, so I (laughs) feel like I barely made it, uh, graduated high school in 2000 and, you know, that actually that's when real life begins. But yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out too whether it's technology or life in general. So we were re- we probably were a lot more connected than we realized. But look, I deleted Instagram from my phone yesterday for two years and damn near had an anxiety attack. So <laughs> wait, wait, you, okay. You deleted Instagram, Instagram two years ago, or you deleted it yesterday? Yesterday on my app, on my phone, I deleted the app because I was like, I am not productive. I need to get some work done. Let me delete this thing. And I just felt like I was missing out. Like my thumb needs to be scrolling. Because I can understand where that's, that could be an obstacle. 
Yeah, it's challenging. I think overall, I I have been consistent and I do get a lot of compliments to my consistency. And one thing I had to learn in corporate America is that cream always rises to the top. Mm. And that's part of consistency because everyone talks about what they're going to do. And there's a pool of people that don't, they never start. And there's another pool of people. They do maybe three episodes of a podcast. Oh, Mm -hmm. this is too hard. This is too much work. I don't have time. And then they fall off. And then here you are, you remain consistent with episode 10, episode 20, episode 50. 52 episodes, you have a whole year. It's challenging. You know, it's trying to allocate time, trying to spend time with friends, trying to take care of family, still take care of business. Um, And I just squeeze it in um, the best way I can. And I also believe once you start seeing results, that helps with the consistency as well. I agree. And podcasting, which, you know, we're definitely going to touch on on that because people think podcasting is easy Mm -hmm. but anything even if it's blogging even if it's writing a paragraph takes takes time and if that's the thing that you are known for you got to kind of do it more than once um which is easier said than done the seven steps to creating an influential personal brand yes tell me about that yeah, so it was December 2017. I was sitting down and I always get those questions. You know, Michelle, how do you write a book? How do you launch a podcast? How do you do what you do? And I was like, let me think about this. Because lots of times we're just going through the motions. Like you don't even realize you're an expert. And I really had to be like, okay, how did I get this far? I looked at all of the marketing books that I read, people that I follow. And I came up with these seven steps. And these. I really believe these are the seven steps that I've utilized to create my personal brand without me knowing. And I do believe it's effective for anyone that's looking to create and maintain a strong, influential personal brand. I, I love it. And then I love what you just said about being an expert. You know, it's kind of like, you know, that place you know how to get to and somebody say, how do you get to X, Y and Z? And you can't tell them street names. You could give them landmarks. Yep. Yep. That is the only way I could sum it up, uh, especially when it comes to writing. And so um, kudos and congratulations on being able to organize that because people do ask those questions a lot. And it's like, I could tell you the landmark. I can't, maybe I'm not the person to tell you the street. I mean, even then, sometimes... I feel like these seven steps are just scratching the surface because it's a lot and it's a lot of work. What exactly is a connection enthusiast or is it that you're just enthusiastic about connection? (laughs) You you know, like explain, explain that to me. Yeah. So in 2014, I wrote my book, Network, Navigate and Nurture. So Mm -hmm. I was becoming known as the networking queen, the networking guru, but at the same time, the word networking has a negative connotation. Yeah. Because um, people are like, you're always trying to sell me something, some type of product or service. And I was like, what is that thing that is different that's going to resonate with people? And that's where I came up with the connection enthusiast. 
And and it's true. Like, I'm excited. I believe everyone has a story. I love hearing people's story and connection enthusiasts. (laughs) I'm I'm glad that you hit that you hit on that with networking, because I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't I don't know if it's the whole work part at the end. Like maybe if we said net playing people would be like, oh yeah, I love, let's go and let's net play. But I think maybe because it has work at the end, you know, because when you think about networking, you know, you picture people with their pinky out, drinking something, having, you know, fake conversations, elevator pitches and business cards. No, I understand completely. And I mean, I like being at home watching my SVU marathons or whatever is on Netflix as well. And networking is work. And I think you just have to strike a balance. And the first thing we have to realize is what is my objective? You know, mm-hmm. why am I going out? Why do I need a network? Is it to promote my brand? You know, all-inclusive business, podcasts, books, etc. cetera. Um, and then... Let's not go out just for the sake of going out, but let me be strategic, right? Who are the people I need to meet? Where can I find these people? Because lots of times we just go to events, right? And nothing's wrong with going to events. We just don't know the audience. We don't know who's going to be there. But I want to encourage people, if there's a specific person you need to meet, try to track them down. You know, try to get into those social circles um, of being in the environments where they are, that way you can connect with this particular person or these groups of people, or maybe even, um, you know, various social circles. Um, and then if, if there's not a specific person, um, maybe you just need to be open to going to events. And but I do believe you never know who you're going to meet and what it may lead to. Uh, so you also have to keep an open mind. And when you go to these events, think about, quality conversation versus quantity of business cards. Mm. So don't get caught up on, you know, passing out your cards to so many people or, you know, working the room. If you walk into a random event and have one good conversation that lasts, you know, 20, 30 minutes, maybe that's good enough for you to go home. Because the thing is, when we leave that event and we go our separate ways and I pick up the phone and call you, I don't want to be like, Blissia, I had on the uh, a pink shirt with um, black pants and <laughs> we met a week and a half ago and you're like what like what, what? <laughs> I'm, you know? I'm laughing because that is how I would remember you if you say okay I had on a pink shirt and we <laughs> talked about you know, um, a millennial and a generations before and after like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, and everyone's different, right? Everyone's different. But at least when I pick up the phone or I send that email, the thing is you want to be remembered, right? Mm-hmm. So however it works for either party, you want to be remembered versus, because if you don't remember me, how can I sell you my product or service? Mm. You know, how can I pitch a meeting to you? <laughs> It's like, if you don't remember, if I don't remember you, why do I want to meet you? Mm. <laughs> you know, hashtag amen. <laughs> 
So that's the thing about networking and just making sure you're having quality conversations that can lead to quality relationships, quality collaborations, quality partnerships, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, And just being positive, good vibes, good vibes only. In the South, I think, um, because there's a difference between networking in in Houston, because I love Houston, I'm there quite frequently, Um, here in Louisiana, and then when I go to Atlanta, it's 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 very the vibes are different here in Louisiana. It it just seems like everybody knows everybody. Um, so I actually find it easier to network when I go when I come to you know Dallas or Houston, or when I go to Atlanta. Each of those cities are funny to me. Uh, I think Atlanta's a lot more competitive. I think Atlanta's more money. Yeah. Money slash celebrity slash entertainment driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think from what I've seen and experienced through my visits, um, you you got to keep up with the Joneses. <laughs> mm. um, I haven't been to Dallas in a while. I'm not really a fan of Dallas. Um but I'll say for Houston, I, Houston can be tricky. I do think it's a laid back city, laid back environment. However, it can be cliquish. Mm. So I always tell people, you know, regardless of where you're from, especially if you're going to a new event, there's two things you want to do. Um, one, introduce yourself to the host of the event because the host is going to know the majority of the people in the room. So connect with the host and then ask the host or someone else to introduce you to the next person to get the ball rolling. That's, that's a great, great tip. I don't, I, to me, my experience is in Atlanta and maybe because I know a few people and I love going to Atlanta and, but I tell them I, I, I'm glad to get home in Houston. I love Houston. Now after the hurricane, of course, to me, the traffic got a little crazy. But, you know, I think out of all, Louisiana is probably more laid back. But like Houston, I could come to Houston and, you know, stay a while because it's very close to home. Atlanta is a whole different thing. Um, But I find it easier to network in Atlanta. And I think maybe because it's a new environment type of thing. And it's um, it's part of the South. And then it's not almost. I, I graduated from Atlanta. Um, high schools um, are suburb of Atlanta, Riverdale High School. Atlanta has that sweet spot of north and south, right? Yeah. Like, so you get a lot of northern vibes, the hustle and the bustle, um, but then it's in the south, right? So then you get the southern hospitality. So let's talk about your podcast, The Networking with Michelle Show. And I love that you put your name on it. How sure were you? It was like, okay, this is my show. I'm going to put my name on it. When I started, I started my podcast in 2015. I launched April 2015. And when I started, I was very confident. I started branching out and, you know, meeting people through podcasting. And a lot of people were telling me to change my name. And they were saying I need to create a generic name and create a community behind it. So I need to remove my name out of it. And I played with some different titles and I was just like, nope. And uh, two things. So the show is a spinoff from my book, Network Navigator Nurture. Mm. Network Show. So 
my book launched in September 2014. The podcast launched in April 2015. So it was pretty close together. What, six months maybe? Yeah. And then um, although I already had my company established, my personal brand was stronger than my company brand. Mm. And I was like, this is what we're, we're just going to focus on the personal brand. And you just have to be careful. And this is the spirit of discernment, right? You just have to be careful about how many people you listen to, who you listen to, and making the right decisions for yourself. It's always a story behind the story, and then it develops into a whole other story. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what the heck? Here it is. I'm all these years in. And the funny thing about Define You, period, like I wasn't worried about personal branding because, and the reason why I say that is because I didn't even know Define You was a brand to somebody else mentioned it to me. Mm. And and I'm like 100% honest when somebody asked me about branding and I'm like, what are you talking about? And they were talking about just define you. And it, it took me a minute to get it. So it turned into a brand, I guess, accidentally on purpose. So the brand of Valencia it was just me being who I am and define you as just given, given a name because that's what I wanted other people to do, not thinking it was going to be a thing. Now, if I could rewind time and go back and maybe call it the Valencia show, you know, I mean, I may do that. I mean, I would probably have really considered it because it would have been more about building my personal uh, brand. But then that who Valencia is changes from day to day. <laughs> so and, and that's why I call it the go-to podcast for African African American millennials talking about life strategies with a bit of entrepreneurial advice. Because when I started, it was strictly networking, marketing, and entrepreneurship. And then I found myself like, I'm not afraid to evolve. We naturally yeah. evolve, but I'm not afraid to share that with the world. I'm not the only entrepreneur. These are conversations I'm having with my friend. Let's get an expert in here to talk about this. You know, I'm 36. My mom is getting old. She just had a knee surgery. I, I don't have, I don't, I'm not married. I don't have any kids, but I look, it's still hard. You know, right. I'm trying to get a social life. I'm trying to get out there, get chose or two, you know, something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, my mom needs me. And I'm like, wait, like, wait a minute. These are real life situations. And so I talk about dating and relationships. I talk about how um, a lot of African-American women are con contracting STDs and HIV yeah. who are black men. If right. my life is not whole, my career and my goals and my desires are not going to be whole. You know, mental health. You know, I see my therapist every month. You know, this is why. This is the progress that I've made. Um, and then I was like, hey, I got a new book. You should buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know like the millennial generation, I'll, I'll say this, that millennial generation and whatever the next generation is, um, y'all are so outspoken and um, just like, this is me, this is who I am, this is who this is for. And I say that to say, you say African-American millennials. So you're not questioning, should I make this more politically correct, so to speak, or more mm -hmm. 
just say, you know, okay, this is for millennials. Um, you make it very specific who it's for. Was that a question in your mind or this is what the show's going to be? Uh, that evolved because when I first started podcasting, I didn't see any black business podcasters, right? Mm. So I was listening to a lot of white shows, white male, which podcasting is dominated by white males. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a business person. So it was a lot of business shows. Um, another thing is there was no faces on the cover. So if you were a black podcaster, I didn't know that. Right. So I'll say within the first year of me podcasting, I changed my podcast cover because I want people to know that I'm a black podcaster. Mm. Second, I want people to know my show is for black people. And some of these white guests that I've interviewed have helped me through the toughest times because this is the person I need to talk to at this very moment. But my show is for black people. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. What people don't understand or or won't say out loud is that business for someone that's black, especially a black woman, um, versus someone that's not a black woman, the road to the same destination is going to be different. Mm-hmm. But for people to not say that out loud, it's like, you don't want to alienate anybody. And it's not a, about that. Um, and I'm very open and honest about my life. If you go on my social media, you see my husband is obviously white. He's not mixed. He's not light-skinned. He's not even Creole. I'm a very proud Black woman. And for me to not say um who I am and that my battles are different. I'm still going to win the war, but my battles are different. It's going to be some specific advice that you give that's not going to apply to everybody else and specifically to the African-American millennials. Right. And even this year, I launched the African-American Marketing Association. Mm. And before I made the announcement, there was backlash on, well, you know, have you thought about talking to uh, the American Marketing Association, uh, which I've been to their events and it's filled with white people, maybe three black people, you know, for mm-hmm. one, it's like one black person for every 10 white people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I'm not, tr- I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm not discrediting them. I believe not just black and white, but all races and cultures can coexist. Mm-hmm. But even then, those racist cultures and religions and sexuality, they need to create their own safe spaces. Yeah. Right? So let me create a space, a community for black marketers, black professionals, entrepreneurs can come together and learn about marketing, right? White people can come learn. They need to come learn about uh, multicultural marketing. That this is the uh, like it's reverse diversity inclusion. I, I'm like mm. it doesn't like it's not a negative thing, but the the conversations can be so negative, right? And then you yeah. need people such as as yourself and myself to be like, no, this is this is not a negative thing. This is not to discredit. We can coexist and still create a safe space for us to learn personally, professionally. People need to be vocal. You know, if you don't like something, just move on. 
So before you know my resume and I do X, Y, and Z or ABC, you see me as a Black woman. This is who I represent 24 hours a day. That's why, you know, like Google and I think uh, recently Spreaker or Stitcher or somebody else are doing like different podcasting contest programs or whatever, because the Mm -hmm. minority, the color in podcasting and the color females in podcasting is a really small number. And I just, I love what you're doing and you're aware of the space that is there and it's not there and like, okay, it's not there. I'm going to create this. Yeah, I think that's the only way we can, you know, make continue to make history, be acknowledged for history, create a legacy. That was a great segue into my next question. Just kind of hit on your background a little bit with where your family's from. Yeah, so my parents are from Cameroon, Central Africa, next to Nigeria, um, which Cameroon's, you know, been getting some recognition since the Toronto Raptors just won. Um, Pascal Siakam, he's from Cameroon, so he's been, you know, carrying the flag very proud. So hopefully, um, you know, if you need to compare it or identify it to something. Uh, And I was obviously I was born in the States, Um, had been fortunate to live with both of my parents, although they weren't together. I lived with both of them, you know, becoming into my 30s around that 32, just got some bravada by myself. And this (laughs) way. You know, you know some things. You got, you know, a couple of jobs, you know, a little career going on here, a couple of degrees, you know, a little something, something. So, you know, how is this going to play out for the next 20, 30, 40 years? You know, what is, what do you want to be known for? Uh, what does this legacy look like? You're part of many communities. Right. Um, you know, how are you going to give back to these communities? And I, I've just, like I said, I've just evolved. And I think more recently, I've been specific on identifying as Cameroon American mm. because I was like, hey, I'm I'm representing for my culture, um, one of my driving factors. And I really just wanna as I change my life, I hope that transpires others. So when you when you visit, do they tell you, do they feel like you're too American? So I've been to Cameroon once when I was like eight or nine years old. I'm mm-hmm. glad I went at that age. And that has been an ongoing battle, uh, just the sense of belonging mm. and identity of when I was younger. It's like, oh, well, you're American because I was born here. Um, and then it's, it's like, no, like I'm African. And even now, I mean, right. I claim I'm African because, you know, that's literally my blood. Right. Mm. I know who I am as Michelle Imara Ngame. Like, thank you. Thank you for sharing that part. Um, and this that's definitely like I'm we're definitely going to have to have another interview where we just delve into how you how you deal with that sense of belonging versus somebody like me who don't know and have, you know, not yet trace their African roots. So yeah, we definitely going to have to have Queen Michelle back on. (laughs) She just opened up a whole other (laughs) show. What do you want to be remembered for Queen Michelle? I want to be remembered as a woman, a Cameroon American woman that advocates for other women uh, that advocates for 
entrepreneurship, education, um, overall the economic development of Black folk. What's next, you know, in your consistency goals, like what's (laughs) coming up? Definitely want to support and and support you and everything else. So what's next on Queen Michelle's agenda? Right now, the biggest focus is more speaking events, uh, just speaking on different marketing topics, personal branding, and then focusing on the African-American Marketing Association. Once again, we just made our announcement February this year, February 2019. So just, you know, honing in on that, creating a blueprint, you know, love to grow the organization into multiple chapters. And it's just one day at a time, one chapter at a time. Uh, But that is what's consuming my life at this time. (laughs) Why are you saying it like that? Like my life. No, I mean, it's true. It's a good thing, right? Yeah. Thing, you know, so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity, uh, grateful for uh, the vision and then for you and having this platform that allows me to share my story and my vision. So thank you. I think, I think you are awesome. So whenever people say the millennials, uh, there's no hope for the millennial generation, (laughs) I will direct them to this episode Yeah, and to, and to my son's uh, Instagram. So how can the audience get in touch with you and, and connect with you? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram for the cool stuff, Facebook for the real stuff, LinkedIn for the professional stuff, Michelle Gomez, N-G-O-M-E. It's the website, michellegomez.com. And just go hey. I heard you on Define You Radio podcast. And yeah, let's start talking. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, I don't care. I just I just want to connect with the people. So thank you so much, Queen Michelle, for coming on the show. So with that being said, pens and papers down, class is officially over. Make sure you connect and subscribe to the show and our fabulous guests. Until next time. Remember, your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up to you. Thanks for listening to Define You Radio. Make sure you connect with the show at www.defineuradio.com. Pens and papers down. Class dismissed. <laughs>